Real Life, Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. To an attorney prior to and during any question. You can't afford one of the court appointment for you. You understand your rights? Your crime spree was over, son. Yeah, you thought you had it licked. But Detective Overton made you should have turned to shit. <laughs> This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I did not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today... You can probably still hear my voice. I still have a really sore throat, but the show must go on, right? But if you're listening to this episode, uh, Patreon and Convict subscribers, you'll get it at least by Monday, and everybody else, you'll get it on Tuesday. And it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, right? The beginning of the holiday season when your families get together and you have all the cheer and the goodwill and all that good shit. So, first of all, I'm going to wish all y'all a happy Thanksgiving, okay? And, and But let me tell you how I got the idea for this story. And this story is going to be a little outside of the norm for me. It does have a Louisiana involvement in it, and we'll get to that. But let me tell you how it came about. Now, we have four children, Cindy and I do. And our oldest is out in San Diego living her best life. And her second oldest is about to graduate from college. I'm thinking like December the 12th or 14th, something like that. And when she went to college, she had several scholarships and stuff like that. And we told her that she did not have to work as long as she was in college for her undergrad, as long as she maintained her super high GPA, right? That we would cover the expenses and vehicle and insurance, cell phone, food, housing, whatever. And no matter if we had to take student loans or whatever, it didn't matter. That was going to be our last gift to her, I guess, besides her wedding. And she, I mean, she has a great work, work ethic. 
super, super, she's not a kid anymore, young lady now. But that's, that's our promise to her. You do this, and we're going to do this for you. We want you to concentrate on your studies so you can, you can go ahead and get out. Now, why did I say undergrad? Because she's either going to be a lawyer or some type of doctor or whatever, but whatever she's going to do after she undergrad, she's got to pay for it herself, right? She's a young adult, and that's part of living. It's part of life. And, you know, of course, she'll never go without us if she gets behind in her bills, whatever it may be. We'll always be here for, and as family should be, uh, although I put myself through college, right? But <laughs> the reason I'm telling you this story is, that we, you know, we had to start talking to her this past summer and in this semester about, hey, you know, you're about to be cut off the tit, right? When you graduate, you know, daddy's getting a big old raise. Daddy and mama are getting a big old raise. And, and you know, you have to pay for all this stuff yourself now. Like this weekend, she has a bachelorette party, right? Now she's at the age where she's in all these weddings and has all the bridesmaid dresses and showers and outfits for this and outfits for that. And, you know, shit, it's expensive. But she's worth it, and we love her very, very much, right? But every time she comes over, I, I slip in that little jab. I, hey, you know what happens when you graduate? And and so but she has plans, and she knows what she's going to do, and, and that's all fine and dandy. But the, her mom still doesn't like the idea of, of, you know, her not being under her umbrella and her doing her own thing. But guess what? That's part of being an adult, and she's going to rock it. I know she's going to do well. The reason I'm telling you this is I was sent this case by a friend of mine out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And I had forgotten about this, y'all. It happened in 2016. And there's this guy. He was born, and I'll give you a little background. He was born um, to his parents, and... Uh, when his dad had been married before, he he married his mom. He was born in 1988. His dad had been married before, so he had three older stepsisters. And super intelligent young kid, he actually got accepted into a school in Louisiana that's for the gifted, for uh, like math and sciences and whatever else. My, my older one of my older brothers had got accepted to it and didn't go to it because it was like a boarding school. He didn't want to be away from home. But this kid gets accepted to it and goes to it, and shit, you got to be a genius to go there. But, I mean, it's not cheap, right? And it's not free. So his parents, his dad worked, like, for doing something at that Oakdale nuclear plant or whatever it is in uh, Tennessee. I think it's somewhere north of Knoxville, most people don't know that that same facility has been in uh, operation since World War II, and that's where they helped develop the bombs that we dropped on Japan to end World War II. But it's been a nuclear-type deal ever since. But in 2016, they had told him at some point, I guess back in, in October, you know, hey, look, he, he, he was 28 by then, y'all. He had graduated from the super smart school, and I think he went to Georgetown or somewhere for a semester. And then he went, he moved to LSU, and he had a roommate from 
which was one of his friends from the super smart school in high school in Louisiana. And they were roommates for a little bit. And that guy moved out and he was taking courses, right? I think he was studying to be like a surgeon or something like that. And his dad in 2016 was laid off or lost his job, pretty much was at a retirement age anyway, from the, whatever he was doing for Oakdale, his mom, still working, uh, something in personnel for some company, I think, that worked as a subcontractor or something for the same nuclear plant or whatever whatever they call that place. And so it's a hardworking American family. The older three daughters, of course, are all gone and off the tit, and they live in Tennessee, and the family has a beautiful home in Tennessee. But at some point, they started talking to this kid, and he's not a kid, uh, this 28-year-old about, hey, you know what? It, the uh, It's time for you to start paying your own way, right? We supported you long enough, and we're going to scale back on it. But they must have mentioned it to him at some point, and then they figure, hey, you know what? Thanksgiving's coming up, so let's have a Thanksgiving dinner. He's coming in from Baton Rouge. Let's have Thanksgiving, the whole family be happy, ho, 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 getting ready for Christmas, whatever. And then after Thanksgiving, we're going to sit down and tell him, basically, we're cutting him off. Or we're cutting the majority of his financial support off. Now, look, this is his apartment, his car, car insurance, his daily spending, you know, everything. Cell phone. Dude's never have a job in his life. Not a, not a record that I could find. Nothing. Not one single dollar has he ever made. His parents have paid for everything. Well, I agree with his parents. 28 years old is too long to be on the tit. It's time for you to fly and be free, motherfucker, right? You sink or swim. So he goes home. Well, before he goes home, he's not liking the whole idea of having to actually work, all right? And I can prove this to you, and I'll, I'll explain it to you more in a few minutes. He's not liking the idea, but he goes home. Now, the, the meanwhile, his parents have sold the home. This is the last meal they're ever going to have in this house together as a family. The house is sold. It's been closed on. There's, there was still a real estate sign in the front yard, Really nice house, y'all. Double story, brick facade, and all that. But the parents were moving to a home they had inherited from the mom's mom somewhere in the mountains of East Tennessee. And they were done. They're ready to live their life now, right? They figured, hey, we raised all these babies, and, and you know, either they're doing really well or they have the education and the capability to do really well. And, that's the way it's going to be. So this is going to be the, the last dinner in the house as a family. What they didn't know was, and I'm talking about they meaning the parents, what they didn't know was it was going to be their last Thanksgiving dinner ever. So let's call this one, shit, I don't want to be too insensitive. Uh, oh, by the way, my heart goes out to his family and the surviving victims and all that. It's just crazy 
this story is too crazy not to tell it, and it's a Thanksgiving story. But let's call it, let's call it cut off. And I was going to say a play on words about like Turkey Day or some shit like that, but we'll leave that alone. We'll call this one cut off. But on Thanksgiving would have been that year, I guess, on the 24th of November. All right. And the guy's name that went back to his parents' house from Baton Rouge, where he lived, was Joel Michael Guy Jr. And he was born March 13th of 1988. And he was born to his father, who gave him his name. His father's name was Joel Michael Guy Sr., um, born February 10th, 1955. And his mother, Lisa Guy, who was born November, uh, I'm sorry, August 8th of 1961. Yeah, and she worked as a human resource accounts payroll administrator at Jacobs Engineering in Oak Ridge. Y'all yeah, said Oakdale, I meant Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Real life, real hey, y'all, it's getting chilly. So now I'm thinking about how to stay warm and look great doing all the outdoorsy things I love to do like going to ball games, going to outdoor parties, sitting around the fire pit, taking walks in the woods, scouting things out. I love this time of year and being outdoors, but it's all about the layers, right? And that's just one reason I love Faraday clothing. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. You know when you're searching for that perfect go-to cozy layers, super soft cashmere sweaters, a shirt jacket you can throw on over just about anything, loungewear sets that get you in a relaxation mode, well, that's Faraday. My favorite, y'all, is the jacket I have, which is a Sherpa Storm Rider jacket. It's wool-lined on the inside, a goldish-yellow rugged color on the outside, not blue jean, but almost that material. It's warm. I can wear it anywhere. I can wear it almost dress up to, to the hunting camp, you know? I also have the Sconset Pullover. Really, really, really nice fitting shirt. I want to throw on something nice, long sleeve that's warm to go outside or run to the grocery store. This is a really good pullover with the zip-up V-neck. And the Donegal Wool Crew. I have this one also in gray. I love the wool feel of it. It's super, super well made. And this one, I can wear with slacks or blue jeans or pajama pants if I wanted to but it's all about the layer and staying warm. Faraday is so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. And to top it all off, Faraday has given all Real Life Real Crime listeners 20% off. Faraday makes the perfect clothes for layering. Stock up on all your fall essentials now. Head to FaradayBrand.com slash R-L-R-C and use code R-L-R-C at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. That's code R-L-R-C at F-A-H-E-R-T-Y-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash R-L-R-C for 20% off. Joel Jr., like I told you, graduated from the Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts in Natchitoches, Louisiana in 2006. 
and had previously attended Hanville High School. Y'all, that's another high school just outside of New Orleans. He had never worked and had always been supported by his family. He spent one semester at George Washington University, then attended Louisiana State University as a student and lived in Baton Rouge, ostensibly trained to become a plastic surgeon. And that's it. So he he goes home. But you know, at some point they mentioned to him about cutting him off now. And in you know, before he came home for Thanksgiving. And we know this because there's surveillance footage of Guy Jr. buying supplies that later come into play. And then he used cash for every transaction and self-checked out at most of the time. But on November the 7th, at the Ace Hardware Store in Napoleonville, Louisiana, he bought items including muriatic acid and food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Okay? On the 18th, this is before he goes home, y'all, at Home Depot, cameras record him buying bleach, a bleach sprayer, extension cords, and a timer. And then at Academy Sports, on November 19, he's seen picking up a Marine-style K-bar knife. And on November 21, cameras capture Guy Jr. at a Knoxville Walmart buying a plastic blue tote large enough to do what he was going to do. All right. Now, this is what's so fucking crazy, y'all. They have Thanksgiving dinner. The sister testified, all sisters testified that everything was great. No problems, no worries. And and they left. They thought he was going to leave. I'm talking about Guy Jr. was going to leave the next day. Well, he didn't, okay? His mom went out to Walmart, and they have her on video footage at Walmart at 12.15 p.m. on the November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving. Or is it two days? Whatever it is, is, is after Thanksgiving. So Junior goes into the house and attacked his father with the K-Bar knife. Now, y'all, K-Bar knife is the is the knife that all United States Marines carry, okay? It's, a, it's meant to kill. And it's a big, long, heavy-duty knife and its only intent was it was designed by the US government to kill people. And they've been using it in the Marines forever. So he goes in to his father's second floor exercise room while his mother was out shopping for groceries at Walmart. And he struggles with his father. And the scene showed there was a fight, right? There were torn blinds in the room, blood on the wall and the corner in an overturned Bowflex machine. Guy Sr.'s clothes were cut from his dead body and left near where he was killed. Two large knives lay nearby, and his bloody pack of cigarettes lay on top of the clothes pile. Well, what does old Junior do then? He waits kindly for his mother to return home from grocery shopping at Walmart. She comes in, she enters through the front door, drops the groceries on the floor in the foyer, 
and proceeded upstairs and was attacked with a knife. Nine of her ribs were severed. Her clothes were then cut from her body and left near where she was killed by several tubs of sewer line cleaner. And let's talk about that. You a cold-blooded motherfucker, first of all, to kill your father, the man who gave you life. And then his sperm is is half of your DNA, right? And you go upstairs, and your father, he's getting ready to live his best life, is exercising on a bowflex. And you went in probably like a little bitch snuck up behind him. And guess what you didn't think dear old dad was going to do? Fight back. But he did. And it was brutal, okay? And I, I think it's like 47 stab wounds or something like that. I'll get to that in a minute. But you end up killing him. But then not only do you kill him, but you cut all his clothes off and, and leave him naked, okay? Then you wait for dear old mom to come home, and you probably scream, or maybe mom heard the struggle. I don't know. But she comes upstairs, and you not only kill her, you kill cut nine of her ribs in half during the process. Now think about how much force it takes to cut a bone. I cut bones all the time, y'all, um, when I'm processing my own meat, and it's a motherfucker. And human bones, especially the rib bones, are much tougher. That had to be blind rage force, all right? But he kills her, then strips her down naked also. Then he turns around to his father and he cuts off his hands at the wrist and left them on the exercise room floor. Then turns to his mama and cuts her head off, okay? Cuts her head off and removes it, takes it downstairs and placed it in a pot on the stove and heated it. Then that shit's crazy. All right. At the trial, the forensic examiner testified the head was not just severed, but broken off with force. Both victims also had their arms and legs cut off. Guy Sr., at the waist, and Miss Guy at the knees, and their limbs and torsos were placed in a bin full of chemicals to dissolve them. Each body had a large gash inflicted after death so that the chemicals would more quickly seep into the body's main cavity. What the fuck? Okay, you must talk about preparation and in... That's crazy. I mean, so and I'm getting more and more into y'all. I'm skipping around a lot, but just so much crazy shit. You just got to hear it. But during the assault on his father, Junior sustained several cuts to his hands, including a deep cut to his left thumb. At approximately 3.30 p.m., Junior was seen in Walmart's first aid section obtaining bandages and an ointment for the wounds to his hands. He also purchased isopropyl alcohol and hydrogen peroxide. On Sunday, the next day, y'all, Junior drove back to Baton Rouge to have his wounds treated at the student clinic. 
what the fuck? Okay, it gets crazier. Just hold on. So he drives back instead of going to a hospital or whatever. Now look, any almost almost everyone except for maybe overkill that maybe she must have gloves on or something. Almost every single murder that I ever worked where it was the knife fight was involved, the guy, the aggressor, the guy or girl, got cuts on their hands because your hands slip. Even though a K-bar has uh, little extensions on them where your hand's not supposed to slip, well, I guess if you're hacking ribs in half and stuff like that, or maybe when you're chopping your mama's head off uh, with force, maybe it's you slip and you cut yourself. I don't know. So, but let me go back and read to you, and this is just so bizarre. Uh, well, no, let me tell you how they found the bodies. All right, so Miss Guy's boss, Jennifer Whited, was suspicious of her absence at work on Monday and called police for a welfare check. So at first, Knox County Officers Stephen Ballard and Jeremy McCord and others found a seemingly empty house on Golden View Lane. The property was for sale, yet there was no real estate lock on the front door. They soon discovered the back door knob had been removed and installed on the front door. Through the front door, they could see groceries on the floor, including perishable items such as bacon, sausage, and ice cream. Through the hole left by the missing back door knob, they could sense heat and a strange smell emanating from the house. And from another angle, they could see the groceries. An officer used a garage door opener in one of the guy's cars to gain access to the house. Makes sense, right? If I was on the scene, I'd have done the same thing. Especially, I know what smell they smelled. They first discovered a table with get the guys, the meaning the husband and wife's wallets and a sledgehammer on top. And then another with long guns and y'all by long guns, they mean rifles downstairs. The stove was on and the contents of the pot were boiling. What were the contents of the pot? Y'all his mama's head. He left it boiling. Now he Knoxville to Baton Rouge has got to be close to 12 or 14 hours. He left her on simmer. That's fucking crazy. Y'all, let me tell you about a new concept in eyewear, Warby Parker. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. Don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker's prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return label. 
Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash R-L-R-C. That's W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R dot com slash R-L-R-C. Now look, y'all, you heard me talk about Warby Parker last time. I actually did the try on glasses at home kit. I ordered the five different styles and colors I thought I liked. I got them home. Guess what? I'm glad I got to try on one because there's three that I really, really liked and two that I didn't like so much. And I sent it back in. Yesterday, I got my glasses in. They fit excellent. I don't personally like the metal material inside, so mine is molded blue. I guess it is some type of plastic, but it's a molded blue color. Fits really good. The quality is outstanding. They're very sturdy. I love the ease of the home trial-on program. And my family and friends have already been commenting on my glasses, y'all. If you haven't tried Warby Parker, get five pairs of glasses. Try on at home for free at warbyparker.com slash R-L-R-C. Y'all, and Warby Parker does a lot of other stuff. Like they have their own contact lens brand, uh, um, or they include an AccuView and Bioaffinity, and you can save 15% on your first order contacts. No promo code needed. They offer their own daily contact lenses, which is Scout by Warby Parker. Scout is a comfortable, breathable, and affordable daily contact lens, and a 90-day pack is only 55 bucks. Y'all, they offer the sunglasses. You can get them with or without your prescription. And if you have an iPhone 10, you can download the Warby Parker app where you can use a virtual try-on, allowing you to try on eyeglasses and seeing the realistic color, texture, and size of each style using just your phone. Need to renew your prescription? Virtual vision test by Warby Parker lets you renew it from your home on your phone for just $15. Download the Warby Parker Virtual Vision Test app to see if you're eligible. And for every pair sold, Warby Parker donates a pair to someone that's in need. WarbyParker.com slash R-L-R-C. At the bottom of the stairs were the grocery items seen earlier. The cops ascended the stairs hearing an intermittently barking dog. They looked down a hallway and saw... Guy Sr.'s severed hands on the floor discovered the dismembered corpses in the solution in the bathroom. Among other items investigators found upstairs were sewer line cleaner, a bag of baking soda, liquid fire brand drain cleaner, muriatic acid, drain opener, lye, food-grade hydrogen peroxide, bleach, and a bleach sprayer. Investigators also discovered a note in an open suitcase with the name and Louisiana address of an Ace Hardware store along with a notation about the sewer line cleaner. The toxic fluid required biohazard equipment for removal by the Knoxville Hazmat team. Due to the volume of evidence found, the forensics unit worked throughout Monday night and into the following day to process the crime scene. Holy shit, y'all. All right, it's crazy. But I'm going to go back. i got to tell you about this. One of the things they found at the scene that proves premeditation on this is this notebook. 
that Junior had written. And I'm, I'm going to read this stuff off to y'all. Just It's going to trip you out, okay? So they're talking about his planning. The prosecution at his trial, uh, but one of the things found, y'all, was a journal, a handwritten journal written in Guy Junior's hand writing in his backpack, okay? The prosecution at his trial dubbed the handwritten journal found in Guy Junior's backpack the Book of Premeditation as it contained detailed notes outlining his intent to murder and destroy the remains of his parents. On one of the pages included the following. These are all with dots in front of it. Dot, get carving knives. Dot, get killing knives slash quiet slash multiple to make small pieces. Dot, get sledgehammer to crush bones. Dot, bring blender and food grinder to grind the meat. Dot, get bleach to denature the proteins. Dot, get a plastic bin for denaturation process, however the hell you said. Dot, does not matter where they're killed, just get rid of bloody spots to prevent evidence of time of death. Dot, get rid of bodies inside a house there and my DNA already there, and he has a dot, and it has this ribbon, but it has a line through it, y'all. Open up doggy door to provide entryway, and that's crossed out. Then it says he needs to be blamed. I guess he's blaming the fucking dog for cutting his mama's head off and putting it in a pot on the stove. Anyway, next one, dot. Flush chunks down the toilet, not the garbage, not intruder, disposal dot get plastic sheeting for disposal process now this one has a dot and it's crossed out dot get hollow point bullets just in case and he crosses that out and says we'll be seen buying bullets just use the computer room gun check to make sure there are bullets parentheses last resort dot He's not alive to claim her half of the insurance money. Error pointing over. Says all mine, $500,000. Dot. Flood the house. Covers up forensic evidence. Dot. Turn up the heater as high as it goes. It speeds decomposition. Dot. Bleach reacts with luminol just like blood. Douse the area with bleach. Dot. Big sprayer. Dot. Lie. Dot, trash compactor, and then he has a question mark. Body gives time of death, error over alibi. Dot, don't have to get rid of the body if there's no forensic evidence on the body. Dot, and this is all capital letters, y'all. Dot, his fingerprints and DNA. Now, y'all, he wrote all this before he went home and sat down and had Thanksgiving dinner with his half-sisters and his loving mother and father who were only guilty of supporting his ass for so long. So let me tell you real quick about the arrest. The FBI and the Knox County Sheriff's Office and the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office placed Guy Jr. under arrest no, they placed him under surveillance for a few days and apprehended him on Tuesday the 29th 
as he was entering his 2006 Hyundai Sonata in the Nicholson Drive apartment complex in Baton Rouge. A meat grinder was discovered in the trunk of Guy Jr.'s car, and additional evidence was found in his Louisiana apartment, but that search was later ruled unconstitutional by Judge Steve Sword. All right, let me tell you about the trial real quick, and I'll, and I'll wrap it up. I don't want to take too, too long on this. Guy Jr. pled not guilty, yet he filed a motion that he be given the death penalty if convicted. Guy Jr.'s defense counsel, John Halstead and Jonathan Harwell, presented no evidence on his behalf. The prosecution was led by Leslie Nasos and Hector Sanchez. The trial took four days, and Guy Jr. was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. He was also convicted of abuse of a court. That, y'all, is just out the box. And hold on one sec, because I had some more. Y'all, once you told me about this, I started looking it up. There's so much information on this case, it'll it'll just make you go crazy. And that, there's article after article after article uh, you know, about the trial and everything else. And one of the things that happened was this genius I don't know if he's in love with his roommate or what the deal was, but he 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 talked to his roommate from jail about, you know, it's best if you just go on with your life and act like I'm dead and all this and whatever. So I don't know. He he tried the insanity defense. It did not work, y'all. Let me tell you why. You cannot claim you're insane if you take the time to hide all this shit. He went to the Napoleonville several weeks. And Napoleonville, y'all, it's got to be at least an hour south of Baton Rouge. It's a small Cajun community. So way back then, he's going into Ace Hardware. He's already got his kill sheet and his stuff and all his notes because that's why he's smart as fuck, right? He's going to plan it out. He's going to be smarter than everybody. And he's planning it out. You can't go in secret and pay for all this stuff in cash and you self-check out, go to drive hours away to these different stores so people don't notice you around where you live and where you're from, and you plan it all out with the sole intent of killing your people. After your dad carved, I wonder if his dad was carving up the turkey if a guy junior's watching him getting tips, right? Fucking crazy. You sit down, you what, eat a meal, you say what you're thankful for, you're hanging out with your peeps, maybe watch a little football afterwards, you know, whatever. Sisters leave, hey, we'll see y'all at Christmas at grandma's house, you know, parents are moving. Actually, the last time any of the neighbors saw Guy Sr. and the wife alive were when Guy Jr. was helping, I think on Friday, hook up a boat that they were towing to the new house, the house that the the mom had inherited. So, there, hey, it was big plans. The sister said, hey, we were all going to be like old times. We're going back to Grandma's house for Christmas. Mm, no, they weren't. And the insurance policy, this is – but for, let me go back to the crazy part. You can't say that you're crazy. Now, he's crazy as fuck. There's no doubt in my mind about that, but not he's not insane. The insanity defense, you could be crazy all you want to, but you still know right from wrong. Why and how do we know that? Because this asshole hid everything, 
right? And then he detailed it and detailed how he, he was going to get away with it. With, he wouldn't purchase all the stuff, and he waited, and he killed him. One of got to be one of the sickest motherfucking cold-blooded murders I've ever heard of. You know, I love to do my own stories, but this one, and I'm, and and it comes to me after I'm talking. We're, we're talking to my daughter about cutting her off, <laughs> and I, it's not funny. My heart goes out to to the family, but I, and I told my wife when I, after I talked to the guy about it, I started looking at. I said, "Holy shit!" And she said, "You see." You see, you can't be so hard on her about cutting her off. Now, I know my daughter's not going to do that, right? But the insurance policy, uh, back to the insanity defense, again, that uh, um, didn't fly. That dog wouldn't hunt because he's he wasn't insane crazy. Yeah, narcissistic, psychotic, not psychotic. Um, I don't know, right? just a bad dude. Really, really bad guy. They talked to his neighbors. Uh, all his neighbors said he was quiet and reserved. He never really spoke to anybody. They would see him when he was taking out his trash and shit like that. I'm talking about in Baton Rouge. And when they arrested him in Baton Rouge, he was supposed to be brought up for extradition on December the 6th, I think it was. My old, dear, I can't say adversary, but a friend, a man that I have much respect for, Judge Bruce Bennett, who had since retired from the 21st Judicial, but now go around and fill in for judges in different areas. He actually was sitting on the bench when this cat comes up for his extradition hearing. Problem was, when they call his name, he's not in the fucking courtroom. They, he's forgotten somewhere in East Baton Rouge Parish Jail, and Bruce Bennett is not one to fuck around. And they, the, he's, he's very stern, and, and doesn't play, and they were like, oh, we're well, your honor, he's not here, we can go get him. He's like, nope, and um, pass it until whenever it was, January, and then in January they shipped him back, found him guilty, I think it was last year, of the two counts of murder and then dismemberment, but the insurance policy, I believe it was in his father's name, and he's thinking that under Tennessee law, that he would be, as long as the, the wife is dead, his mom, his boss, not just a wife, his mother, the woman who gave birth to him, right? He kills them both. As long as they're both dead under Tennessee law, he automatically, if his parents didn't have a will dividing it all up, he automatically would get his father's $500,000 life insurance policy. Real lies, real crime. Hey, when it comes to true crime podcasts, Generation Y is a pioneer. If you're obsessed with crime mysteries and unsolved murder cases, this show has it all. Hosts Aaron and Justin cover cases from all angles. They break down theories, dive deep into forensic evidence, and discuss their opinions on the most perplexing cases. In one recent episode, you'll hear the unusual case of Michelle Nyrider, who in 2017, in coming to New York, Sergeant John McDavid conducted a welfare check at Nyrider's house. Through the glass of the front door, he could see the silhouette of a woman and knew something terrible had happened. Inside the home, he found Nyrider dead. At first glance, it was easy to assume she had taken her own life. But when it came clear that this wasn't an open and shut case, the first person suspected was Nyrider's ex-husband, Though he seemed to have an alibi, some questions remain. 
and this whodunit case takes some highly unexpected turns. Y'all, Generation Y, I like it. It's interesting. I like the way they delve into the cases and they tell you a lot of cases that you haven't always heard of or maybe not so well known, but it's really well done. It's produced well. The investigation is done. And Aaron and Justin do a really, really great job. Listen to the Generation Y podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus and the Wondery app. Well, that tells me he's been thinking about it for even longer. You know why? Because he had a day. He had a $500,000 life insurance policy. And I would submit that the only way he can do that is he went and dug through his dad's shit. And I hope, if he had got away with it, I pray there would have been a wheel that came out and he would have got, you know, 25% of that at the very best. But he, they shipped him back up, you know, at the last moment he went to fire his attorneys before the trial and the judge was like, you know, what's, what's the issue? Are they not representing you correctly or whatever? And he was like, no, I just want to be able to represent myself in the death penalty phase because I want to be put to death. And the judge said, that's your only issue? And he said, yeah. He said, okay, I'll grant that. We get to that. You can do that. But guess what? They knew he wanted the death penalty. They were going for the death penalty. At the last second, guess who got butt fucked? It's him because he's serving the rest of his life in prison, which is what he did want. He wanted to be a little bitch and ride out, get put to sleep by the great state of Tennessee, and instead he'll be housed there for the rest of his long life. I hope he lives a long time. I hope they torture his ass every day. He's 28, so another, what, four years, so he's 32 and he goes to trial. If he lives another 40 years, I hope you fucking suffer every Thanksgiving when you get in that Thanksgiving dinner provided by the great state of Tennessee. Guess what? I know you got no nobody coming to see you. Nobody's going to come break bread with you. And that Thanksgiving meal you ate, I hope it was good as fuck, you scumbag. Because that's the last one that you'll ever share amongst friends. So there you have it, y'all. I, I just wanted to tell that story. There's a whole lot more I could have read and stuff, but I don't, I don't really like to read stuff. But I just cannot begin to comprehend the. I've seen these kind of scenes, right? I've seen the brutality. I've seen the force. I can't imagine. Not only the the. I think the. He cut his father up 40-something times and his mother 30-something times. And they were the prosecution was um, suspecting that he was actually torturing them at some point, but they couldn't prove it. So they left that out of the trial or didn't get admitted at trial. There's a lot more that I read that I could tell you about. I'm just popping it in my head. But the the brutality of it, but the fact that you drove, and you've been thinking for months probably, but at least a month, and you drove to Knoxville and you put that smiley face on and you went in there and you ate that that bird and that dressing and whatever the hell else y'all had and then you give your sisters hugs and kisses bye and tell them, hey, can't wait to see you at Christmas at grandma's house. And then the next day you wait till your mom's 
runs to the store. He gets some groceries. You cut old dad, dear old dad up. You fight with him. I'm glad dad fought back and hurt you, you fuckstick. But you fought with him, and you killed him anyway. Cut him up. Cut his arms off, y'all. Cut his legs off. And then you wait on mom to come home. For whatever reason, she drops the stuff in the in the hallway and runs upstairs. Maybe he's screaming, dad's hurt. I don't know. That's what runs across my mind. And then he hits her with such force, he cuts nine ribs, severs them, cuts them in half, plus another 40-something stab wounds, and then cuts her fucking head off and puts it in the pot and leaves it on low bull. After he goes to Walmart and realizes, hey, you know what? These bandages aren't working for me here. Um, I'm going to drive my ass back to Louisiana so I can go to the free medical clinic at, at LSU and get my shit sewed up. But think about putting your mama's pot. Now, Louisiana, when I get done frying these turkeys on Wednesday, and hopefully I'll get the video up for y'all, when I get done frying the turkeys, we'll take the leftover carcasses, and I'll boil them down in a pot, and then we'll take the stock off of that, and we'll use that as a basis for our chicken and sausage gumbo. That's all I can think of when he left his mama's head on the simmer. Fuck me. Fuck him. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And again, my prayers go out to the family. My daughter, I'm going to be a little bit easier on her. But she's still, she's still going to be cut off. <laughs> anyway, much love and respect. I love everybody. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you for liking us and sharing us wherever you listen to me. Please take a second and hit the subscribe button. It helps us out in whatever the rankings are, y'all. It's um, kind of a big deal. We have a lot of big things coming up for Real Life, Real Crime. It's going to blow y'all's minds. Number one, I want to talk about, well, first of all, thank you, Patreon and Convicts. Again, you got, I was sick last week. I pulled one of the most recent out of the vaults and put it out for everybody, and then, but I immediately put one back in. So I was really under the weather on that one, but I hope you enjoyed it. So y'all, the Patreon vault and the Convict vault, they are like 12, 13, 14 bonus episodes that never been heard, that are locked up. If you join, you pay your subscription, you get access to it. There's also case file materials, and we're putting up more on every case. There's, there's just all kinds of benefits. And let me tell you something. It makes this show run. It really, really does. And and they get commercial-free episodes, and they get the episodes unedited, and that's where you hear or you see the, the post on Facebook or Instagram or now in, on the Real Life Real Crime community app where they're, they're saying, boom, Toby. That's because every time I mess up, I say, boom, Toby. So it puts a spike on the screen when he's editing. He knows automatically go there and close that up or fix it however he has to fix it. But you wouldn't know that unless you're a patron or a convict, right? So if you can subscribe, great. And, and we love that. And if you're, if you're doing it already, thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you can't or you don't choose to, I get that too. Love you just as much. We're all a family. Y'all are the reason that I have a show. I'm telling you, we got shit coming up that's going to blow your mind. Real Life Real Crime Community app, I am going there if I'm able to. 
usually I like to wake up and have a cup of coffee and do start doing social media. Uh, some days I can't because I have to run out the door because of meetings or whatever. But if I'm able to, I'm going to real life, real crime community app. Download it for free in the app store. Doesn't matter what kind of phone you have. I'm going there every day and I'm posting and I'm answering questions. I'm doing stuff. But y'all, it's so much more than like the crew page. It has daily true crime facts. It has, Jesus, it has all these different, sorry, Lord, it has all these different forums. It has uh, this day in histories. It has, it's just so much stuff, videos, updates on cases, uh, anything that you can imagine, it's in there. We are trying to get away from Facebook, not because it didn't help us make them. They didn't help make us. I'm very thankful for the crew page and the over 36,200 members we have in there. But if all 36,200 of those would go to the app, it's free. You can subscribe there if you want to. That's that's just like, that's no different than Patreon, right? But it, it's free, but it has a ton more stuff and more real life, real crime, more fun facts, everything. And I'm there first every day. When I get done there, I, I slide into the crew page Got to keep it going because some people don't like change, and I get that. And I don't want to cut any of the fans off. And then, you know, I still get told uh, almost every day, you spend too much time on social media, not by Cindy, but my friends and stuff. You spend too much time on social media answering. You're going to have to hire somebody to answer those people, respond to those people. Guess what? I'm not doing that. If, if I get to the point where I can't answer, then – you just won't get an answer. I'm not ever going to hire somebody to play fake me, okay? So, but so y'all, real life, real crime community app in the app store, it's the shit. Crew Bash, I know it's early, but I'm telling you, February 4th is the VIP event. It's an all-night separate event it's at a place close to the hotel, which the hotel, if you come in and from out of town and you want to stay where we're staying, it's the Capital Center Hilton you go to make your reservations, use code RLRC, and it's like a 40 bucks off, y'all. But it's a half a block from where we're going to be Friday night. Friday night, private VIP event. And I'm, I don't know, there might not even be in tickets left now for that. It's almost sold out. we got people coming in from all over the country. But they're going to have access to me all Friday night. We're going to do all the pictures and whatever, and then we're going to party, right? And Saturday, world-famous Texas club, boom. The, we're doing the same thing. The, uh, those tickets are on sale, and I'm going to do a live never before heard. It'll be our third annual crew bash, y'all. I'm going to rock that fucking stage with something that you've never heard before. And then when I get done, I'm going to sign autographs and take pictures for as long as I can. And uh, upstairs, just like I did last time, and guess what? The two-time... Louisiana Hall of Fame inductee Chase Tyler Band is going to take the stage and rock it again. So y'all get those tickets because I cannot, we cannot let anybody else in once it reaches fire code standards. Can't there's no more it's no brother-in-law. Don't call me at the last minute. I mean, you'd be my best friend. Call me at the last minute. Hey, Woody, I need a ticket. Guess what? Sorry. And this one, yeah, it's gonna be sold out way ahead of time. So y'all. Uh, go to eventright.com, and that'll make a great Christmas present, right? And Miss Barbara Blunt, 
I know it seems like nothing's going on, but I promise you stuff is going on. It just takes time. But please don't ever forget her, and please continue to call in your tips. I bet you I get two to three a week. Some of them are just people telling me their ideas of what may happen. And guess what? If you have an idea, even if I've heard it a thousand times, don't worry about it. Send it to me, okay? Send it to me. And then Woody at realliferealcrime.com. And I'll respond to you. But you might have that one tip or that one idea that we need to break this thing wide open. The I can assure you the sheriff's office, uh, Jason Ard and, and, and them are working on it. But I can tell you something, we're working on it too, okay? And and But Miss Barbara was murdered a long time ago, and we only get one chance to lock up the ones who did it. All right, so uh, put her in her prayers. Courtney Coco, December 6th, Alexandria, Louisiana, uh, is the next hearing uh, for that. Hopefully, they'll get everything straight that day and set a trial date. Probably not. I'm I'm figuring they're going to delay it again, but I'll be there regardless. And go follow me on Instagram at Real Life Real Crime or at Overton Woody. And y'all know all that rest of this shit. I don't, I'm not going to waste your time saying it. all that podcaster stuff I'm supposed to say, right? I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. I really should get a list. But anyway, I'm going to end it with Lopa. If you are a lifer in Okinawa, Japan, and you want to become an organ donor, go to lopa.org. Oh, let me back up for a second. The crew bash, uh, we were doing big shit for Lopa, y'all. I forgot that, and and I'll be we'll, we'll be doing a drop about that. But there's going to be that Friday night. There's going to be an auction. Saturday's uh, there's going to be some auction stuff. But we we're definitely doing the fundraiser for Lopa again. But if you're in Okinawa, Japan, and you want to become an organ donor, go to lopa.org. Fill out the form. Takes about two minutes and be a hero. Save a life. Give the gift of sight or whatever. They do so much wonderful stuff. Go watch Jim Chapman's Local Leaders podcast. He had on Miss Lori Steele, who is Lopa's ultimate spokesperson and champion. Y'all get a chance to watch that. It's very it's very important. That's Local Leaders, the podcast, and by Jim Chapman, Lori Steele is a uh, is this guest and she's a pistol. So, but the, uh, she has, she has all the technical stuff that I don't have. Right. And they talk about it and it's a great interview, but so y'all be a hero, give the gift of life and all the other stuff that goes with the organ donor stuff. And we love you. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of real life, real crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, Don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. 